0: Hey everyone, thanks for uh, thanks for downloading the podcast. Really appreciate it. I hope you're all well and um, managing to navigate your way through the uh, the sheer nonsense of um, well, I was going to say elections and whatnot, but actually the world. Um, I hope you're you're stumbling your way through and yourselves and your loved ones and your your family as well. Um, just um, in this episode, um, I've, 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 I've got Dan Smith, an old friend and colleague, um, founder of fireworks uh, creative and marketing agency based in bournemouth um and I, i've known dan quite a long time and i wanted to speak to him because or will get him involved because there seems to me this just constant constantly spinning Catherine wheel of nonsense digital nonsense in the space at the moment and instead of sparks flying off it it's bullshit, and we all find ourselves i think um a, a, a cult in this bullshit, some of these sparks and this, these bullshit sparks attached to us sometimes when we find ourselves going down paths that um, that we know are not right but we kind of get wrapped up in it. Um, and we let some of this kind of get stuck to us. So I wanted to get that involved and, and, and kind of our conversation, I hope, is a balm to apply to those bullshit wounds um, in, terms of, in terms of what's happening, what's gone on and what could happen in the digital, creative, I suppose, uh, space. Um, we are, we talk about the lessons Dan's learned over the, over the, the last, well over 10, 15 years around, around managing and building an agency and also how he sees agencies, uh, marketing and digital professionals uh, changing in the future. Um, I apologise in advance for my voice now and on the podcast, it's worse than normal because I had a cold um, and I'll come back to you at the end um, with, with a heads up on a few things that are going on at the moment. So I uh, hope you enjoy this episode. Cheers.
1: Right, hello. Hello. Good good morning Dan. How are you?
2: Good morning David. I'm very very well, thank you. How are you?
1: Living the dream and 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 all the better for speaking to you. We've start we, we um just for the benefit of those listening when I first started speaking to Dan I I was moaning about how it hasn't stopped raining and basically this is all about climate change and Dan quite rightly said to me let's not start off on a low point That's just, let's just not start off We've got weather politics climate change or anything like that we can end with
2: that so. i don't think it's a good way for you and i to start <laughs> off a conversation with such a contentious statement to be made at the start
1: yeah and, no, <clears throat> i i agree let's talk about brexit and, no okay maybe not no um, let's not do that so so who are you and, and uh, why are we talking? So do you want to do a quick one for who you are? Oh, Most people word. listening will know who you are, but go on.
2: Oh That's my cool. word. Okay, sure. Uh, so I'm Dan Smith, uh, Daniel to my mother and my wife, um, mainly when I'm in trouble. Uh, so yeah, Managing Director of Fireworks. I set Fireworks up now oh, 12 years ago. And uh, we, we focus on three core areas really, creative, uh, marketing strategy, and digital. Um, other three kind of core sector fo- areas of focus that we have as a, as an agency. Um, I guess our core, uh, quarter to, to our offering is really working with clients to understand their competitive advantage, um, and really pick that out for customers so that we can clearly define why someone should buy from them, the feelings they're trying to engender and the responses they're looking to drive. Um, and, um, yeah, work with a mix of clients um, across the UK. Um, a scattering of those are in Bournemouth, um, London, and then slightly further afield. And I guess if I rewound my journey, you know, I go back over the last 24 years. As I was just saying to you, Dave, before we started recording, um, I started my life as a, as a graphic designer. went to uh, the Arts College in Bournemouth uh leaving school and then um was very very fortunate um that my uh, my uncle was a partner in an ad agency a relatively small ad agency that was based out of Boscombe actually and um we were uh you know I used to go in there when I was sort of 14 years old and do work experience with my, my mates were down on the beach of the summer holidays I'd sort of spend my life in there and it really I just absolutely fell in love with the entire industry the idea of coming up with ideas and seeing those brought to life on blank pieces of paper and so um that kind of my was always my inspiration um probably from the age of 12 i've known what i wanted to do and uh, i've got friends of mine who are in their 40s that still have no idea what they want to do
1: i'm one of them and and, and I, I, I look at me being presumptuous and assuming i'm your friend um that <laughs> um <laughs> uh yeah i'm one of them so that, that's one thing that we've known each other quite a while that's one thing that's always stuck in my mind about you you have known that from a young age, right? I've known
2: that from a really young age, yeah. And I've got, um, yeah, like I say, uh, my uh, Elizabeth, who's my wife, you will say that very, very fortunate to do a job that um, has been to provide us with a relatively good living, um, but also something that you're, you're passionate about. And, um, you know, that's, I, I never really, I've just taken that for granted, really. But the more people I speak to who don't have that and they work because they're just doing it for money, um, that's mm. that's quite interesting. And. I appreciate the, 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 the obviously money is a requirement as, we, as as you and I were discussing earlier Dave, money is a requirement. <laughs> um, if you're in business, my accountant would say you're in business to earn money. I have never looked at it that way, but yeah, so going back, I, I started, um, my journey out. I, uh, when my, when I left, uh, well, when I finished my full-time course, I started doing a part-time course and had a bar job and, uh, my uncle phoned me up and said, actually, I'm looking to do a thing uh, over at the SPS group in Ferndown big organization kind of hundred plus people turned over sort of in excess of 10 million The print logistics software. And we were, we were, he was looking to come in to, to run the kind of design arm of that. And so uh, he said, do you want to start as a junior with me? And I said, sure, that sounds fantastic. And so there I was 18 uh, as a junior, him and I working out of uh, their offices over in Ferndown we had, we set up a little, uh, we took out a little room uh, within the offices there. And, um, and there the journey began. So um, you know, uh, lo- you know, a lot of thanks to my uncle because without that break, I, um, I you know, I most likely wouldn't be where I, where where I am. Uh, and and I've got the foot to. to, to I'll say that at a mitigating level, but you know, uh, <laughs> get the foot in the door. And so you know, the big thing I've always, you know, by by, and when I speak to students as well, I kind of say, you know, in life you need, um, you know, hard work absolutely hard work, talent, I think that's absolutely fundamental core, but a little bit of luck goes mm. a long way. Mm. Um, and getting that break sometimes um, um, can make all, all the difference. So, you know, as, as the adage goes, not what you know, but who you know, you know, mm. that, that played a massive part in my in my career journey. So, yeah, that was it. And we worked with a lot of large, you know, large kind of global and national clients. So L'Oreal, Sony, Sony, mother Mothercare, Harvest Furniture Store, you know, list kind of went on. Um, and because we were part of a large organization, we obviously had the, the firepower to be able to go in and, and work on those sorts of clients. We never led the campaign. We were always the below the line agency, which is uh, for those that aren't, aren't kind of from that time, um, kind of was used to describe uh, the work that was done that was maybe more in-store communications or um, direct mail those kinds of activities. So we started off in print this is 24 years ago, internet suddenly was coming about and obviously then that kind of grew into digital. So I uh, ended up leaving, uh, like I say, uh, it was called clockworks. I kind of helped with the name of that. And uh, I took over when I was 24 from him because my uncle kind of wanted to take a bit more of a back step. And I was, was very, very hungry then. And so uh, I ended up then taking over the reins when I was 24. We, I, I, I forced them to make it a separate company uh, of which I had a shareholding. And then I left um, because we just had a, a complete difference of opinion about where the industry was going. They wanted to kind of feed print machines. I didn't have any control. And mm. so I, I left and, and uh, under, under a bit of a cloud, as you can imagine, I resigned mm. and uh, set up fireworks from, again, starting from a small little room in an accountancy firm. Um, on Paul Hill Road, uh, called Stewart's, and um, and there the journey began again.
1: And that's where we met. Is that where we met?
2: That's where we met. Yeah. So we had some office space. Uh, we we ended up growing, and uh, I was, yeah, I brought my uh, one of my co-directors in the last place, and he left as well. I think the entire team ended up leaving over the space of a year. So we had fifteen of us turning over about a million, and then left. Uh, you know, after I left, it kind of fell apart a bit, um, and. Um, and yeah, so when 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 we we kind of grew and met, uh, I was introduced to uh, yourself through at the time IA Digital mm-hmm. uh, back in the day. And I um... always
1: I always find the story of IA why why IA Digital and and the reason was is because um, for those who know the two people involved, um, the I would never want to be first. <laughs> no, <laughs> I know, I know, <laughs> uh, and it's yeah. AI, this already gone, was not it? <laughs>
2: exactly. AI was obviously was even then was a the thing. So I got introduced to uh, Adam through uh, my wife, who was best friends with um, uh, with with Adam's then uh, kind of girlfriend, and um, so we met. Uh, they we had an offer, a spare room, and we offered them uh, you know that room because we had it going. And obviously, you, you guy, you kind of joined the guys, and that felt like a long time ago now, Dave. Uh, was, but uh, it, ten years ago, it was. It it? was.
1: Yeah, yeah probably a bit more than that actually yeah and yeah.
2: we we kind of hit and
1: it and off we hit it off yeah we did i think so yeah it was good it was it, yeah i was only talking about those those days only yesterday when we were we were kind of winging it and it was um yeah it was it was great fun and i'm interested down because one of the things one of the other things you've always that you said you said to me early when we met and it's always stuck in my mind and i do use it quite a lot and i've used it on this podcast a lot is you always said you've always said to me you didn't you didn't go to art college to become a millionaire and um, and to me clearly the creative and obviously I've had quite a few guys on here who are creative and they all share the same emphasis and focus as you which is you know you love the creative you love you love the art you love the the idea of the process of taking an idea from you from yourself and, t- and seeing it transform into something so with that in mind I'm interested on a personal level we've never said this I've never said this to you before so so how, how did you balance this very creative and passionate desire to, to create art, you know, in inverted commas art, with this, let's be honest, you have to have a slightly, um, uh, you have to have a stronger ego uh, than I've got certainly, because I couldn't think of anything worse than, than than running an agency. How do you personally balance the, in the early days, how did you balance those two things? You know, the art and the, the passion and the, the kind of ego side, how did you balance those two Cause sometimes it can get out of control, can't it?
2: Uh, I think ego can get out of control in this industry. I, I, I generally detest most, not most, a lot of agency owners are in it for the ego, um, which I'm not, you know, in fact, doing this kind of thing is very rare. I look at it as, you know, I'm not, I'm not one to put myself as the front and center of the business, but I, but I have to, cause no yeah, one else is, is going to do special. that.
1: By the way, this is a specialist, this is a specialist podcast and not in a naughty way. This is uh, uh, absolutely Um,
2: no one else is going to do it. Right. So I think that's the thing. So I I kind of when it was just my uncle and I in in the um, when we set up Clockworks, we no one else was there to do it. And so he wasn't that bothered about being person that's front and center. He just wanted him and he's a fantastic illustrator, by the way. I mean, I, I could draw, but he's like on another level. Um, and yeah, so I'm, I mean, the, the, the ego bit, it wasn't, necessarily, it's not the ego bit for me. In fact, it's that that's the opposite mm. for me. Uh, I'd say um, I mean, everybody's got an ego to some degree, otherwise you just wouldn't even worry about what you yeah. wore and shaving or anything else. You know, you would just say rock out and say, this is me. But, um, and I've met a few people like that. Um, but, well, but, it could
1: be, could be, could be argued that there's two of them leading the two political parties, main political parties. There, there.
2: there, there could be, to a degree, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't know what's driving, you know, what people's motivations are, but my motivation, I get well, the reason that, that the way I square it off is, I'm when I was younger, I was incredibly, I was split. I was probably driven by much more by wanting to be successful, whatever success okay. means. Okay. Um, so, probably the 22-year-old version of me. Um, I love ideas and I love blank piece of paper. Like say, that is why I got into it. Not to earn I never, I don't think, I don't think anybody goes to art college going, I want to be a millionaire. I don't think that, you know, if I go to business school and study stocks and shares, yeah. If I was just worried about money. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this, the, 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 the reality probably is that no I'm quite competitive as a person. Um, so I like competitive sports and I like, um, I permanently, um, well, I don't like resting on my laurels. Um, and that's a good and a bad thing, um, over the years, but I would say that, um, there's a commerciality, obviously to running a business, which you can't avoid. So if you, if you're in this industry and you're, and you want to run a relatively successful business, um, then you need to be commercially minded. You know, you can't, there's no point just doing something, um, not to make a profit, um, because you could just be a really busy fool um and so it's something that i've guess i've had i've always had it deep down inside me but it's not as as uh, as as i quoted the the first time i heard i did the audio book and i heard about the the shoe dog mm-hmm. audio book yeah. which is the guy that kind of um nike and he he says a comment at the start which i completely abide by which is it's not about the winning for me it's just about not losing and that mm-hmm fear of losing Mm. uh, that, that lack of complacency that I have. I have no complacency at all. I kind of almost think you, you know, whenever you get complacent, that's when you're going to lose big time. Mm. Um, and so that's what drives me. I've got, I've always had that deep down as a thing. Um, Mm. and maybe it's a lack of confidence or a lack of, um, self belief maybe, but that, that I'm never. I don't feel I've ever cracked it, and that's what drives me. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So, so, so okay. This this is a this is a <laughs> this is a, a rather obvious, um, kind of uh, question, and one that that psychologists use all the time. Um, but say, uh, and we're kind of we'll talk about what lessons you've learned over running, you know, running an agency for for a. a you know, very significant length of time. But if you, uh, sitting here now as, as, shall we say, Daniel, a man uh, uh, in his, in, in his, uh, 40? You're not at 40 yet, are you? 42, are you 40,
2: 42, 42, just turned 42,
1: you don't three look days, it, four never... days ago.
2: Oh, thanks
1: have... so much. Thank yeah, you, you so much. Yeah. Thank uh, you. Um, yeah. uh, someone actually said to me, <laughs> someone said to me the other day, someone said to me the other day something I have not heard for about 15 years, okay? I hadn't seen him for a while, bear this in mind. He said to me, we went out for lunch, he said to me, my God, you look well. And I was <laughs> like,
2: years. Um, I, I, I think you look, sat, you've grown into I... yourself, haven't you, Dave? I've always said, you, you know, you, you've grown into I've always
1: yourself. Been, I've always been old then, and, and now I'm just, now I am getting there. It's kind of like, okay. Um, David Mitchell said the other week that he has always been middle-aged, and now he is middle-aged, he feels entirely comfortable with himself. Uh, I completely and, agree with that, yeah. <laughs> maybe there's something in that. But, but what I'm interested in is, is so so 42 now, you've been running a business, successfully, it has to be said, Dan, I'm paying you a compliment for, for quite a few years now, um, and in a market that is changing, probably beyond recognition, um, and customers and clients and awareness that is constantly moving, constantly changing, if, if you were having a conversation with yourself when you started Fireworks or when you were starting out on Clockworks, what kind of bits of um, advice or things to watch out for or things to be be aware for would you have said to Dan Smith all those all those years ago that you've learned over the last few years?
2: Oh, wow. What a question yeah. that is. Hindsight, isn't it? A wonderful thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, what would I say to myself? I don't know. It's mm. really hard because I think sometimes the... The things that uh, oh my word! Um, there's always one of these questions in every
1: podcast. By the way, I always ask is, a question like this in every podcast. Is there? Okay, uh, I, yeah. I I I because um... I'm always I'm interested. So I'm always because of the market we're in. There's there's a very fine balance I think between uncertainty of what the future holds, what the market looks like, what clients are going to do. And and this transition into fear, being scared of what's going on. And when, I think when you get scared of stuff as a business, or as an agency, or as an agency leader, is when you start making mistakes.
2: Yeah, you can do. Yeah, um, oh, I I think um, if I lessons, I guess lessons that I could learn are mm. I, I have a lot of regrets about the time that I I resigned. Ultimately, mm. I didn't resign, but I. I, I le- when I left clockworks, um, ultimately I, I, the reason I left is because I wanted to, I wanted to have more control and I never really sat down with the whole team. I sat down with my uncle and with Gavin at the time. And I kind of explained that I'm going to do this. I'm going to have a chat with the guys. And if it doesn't go well, I'm going to go. Hmm. Um, and that point I didn't have any kids. Um, I wasn't married. Hmm. And so my level of exposed risk was relatively low. Hmm. Um, I guess. I've done a lot of hours over the years, Um, I mean, I've sacrificed a lot, a lot of time and a lot of things that I'm never going to get a chance to get back. If I could go back even to myself, even if I could talk, I want to talk to myself now if anything and say (laughs) two things, one, if if I could go back, if I could go back. 12, 13 years, I'd probably sit down with my entire team and say, look, guys, this is the situation. I want to tell you all about it. And I didn't do that. I can I just taught, yeah. I just talked to my co-directors at the time and said that this is, this is how I feel about the situation. Uh, and yeah. it's not, it's untenable as it is. We're not in control. And, uh, and so if I could change one thing, I'd probably have sat down with my wider team and explained to them in more detail what's going on. Mm. Um, And I think a big lesson was that probably my communication could have been better and should have been better. I think my Mm. my biggest criticism of myself is, I don't think I'm particularly good manager, um, people. Mm. Um, I think I can inspire people to do stuff and I can be, and I can hold people to exacting standards. But I think that a manager, a manager and someone who sets a company up, I think can be very, two very, very different people. Um, yeah and and I think that I think I wish I'd brought in more structure in some degree earlier on in my career um, within the team that we had to to kind of help with that um, mm-hmm. and be a bit braver with some of the decision making. Um, I think that again, I've always led life a little bit like uh, I wouldn't bet the farm on stuff. I'd kind of do uh, relatively light bets, and I think, you know, you're only as good as an agency as the people you've got. And sometimes I think we just made some really poor, um, some some not poor, I think we just didn't go with maybe the, the bigger hitter because mm. we were conscious of what that would do as an overhead structure to the company and the, the burden that would cause. So there's some things there where I think I would make some different decisions. If I say now, the biggest thing I would say to people is, you know, I say to my team, this, this industry is so time consuming and the amount of time you have to plow, plow in. And I know I'll speak to other agency owners and people who run some of the decent agencies. I, you know, the time that they invest, the amount of hours that people work, is just relentless. Mm. Um, and I've missed a lot of my kids already growing up, mm. you know, I've missed a lot of that. Um, mm. and they get the worst version, probably of me. They get the mm. tired, shattered, um You know, drained, quite down version of me at times. And I won't necessarily be the one, I'm not picking them up after school. I'm not dropping them off even in the morning. I'm kind of just, work is all consuming. And my priorities is almost like work's number one. Mm. They're my wife, they're my kids. And mm. I guess sometimes it's just getting, I, if I could go back and give myself some advice, I'd be saying, look, actually, just make sure you don't lose sight of that balance. You know, family, when, you, when all's done and dusted, yeah. we're looking to to leave this this uh this place and go wherever the next journey leads us i think you know family is the thing that that will be there with us not the work that necessarily we have done um, interesting.
1: i couldn't agree more in terms of the, t- the the sheer time that it takes to to not even be a success but keep your head above water in the industry and i and i and i've always said i admire your I, I, I know very few people who work as hard as you, and um, the amount of times, you know, you're, you were still there at, at seven, half, seven, eight, later than that, um, and I think that, that it's interesting. I, um, similarly, like you, I've, I've, I've a few, uh, oh, considerable number of regrets, but specifically, you know, I, I should have left Greenwood Campbell earlier. Um because I got to this I was in very I was having the same discussions with myself that you've just you've just outlined you know I wasn't um, I wasn't uh, at home I wasn't seeing anyone I was it was the worst version of me and um, I should have I should have left earlier um, and and I suppose that's kind of one of the reasons why I've I've never since then and why I admire those that do I've never I've never had the I've never had the desire to to, to, to run an agency, um, uh, whether that's whether that's as a leader or as a manager, and I think that's a very interesting distinction.
2: Um, I, 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 I think the other yeah. thing for me, David, is I'm not entirely sure I necessarily do have a desire mm. to do that, but no one mm. else is going to do it in the way that mm. I want it to be done. You want it. To that be makes done. sense. Yeah. I want you know Control's a massive, wonderful thing, isn't it? And mm. so. I, you know, I'm not saying that I've, I didn't have any, probably when I was younger in my career, I was much more career minded mm. and I was much more driven that I wanted to be in complete control of what's in making the decisions. But you know what? It's not everything it's cracked up to be, you know, as they the adage so goes and is it? it's lonely at the top and it really is. And it's relentless as well. You know, you can't just go on holiday. I remember going on my honeymoon and taking my laptop with me and working it's like going it's just nuts. I had a team at that point, you know, I had, there was 10 of us in the office, I was, and I was doing that. And I'm thinking, you know, that's what sacrifices are you happy to make in your career? I think the big thing other than this, and I would probably say to myself, which just popped in my head is probably spend more time talking to my team. Mm. on a one-to-one level, you know, I really, I really don't do that enough. Um, And I think if I could go back and say, look, I realise sometimes the benefit of just taking 20 minutes out and just having a chat with somebody saying to somebody you know you're doing a really good job I kind of take I take it for granted that people do a good job mm-hmm. I kind of say it's, a, it's kind of for me it's like a given it's like when I was just starting out I wouldn't expect someone to say you're doing a really good job I just got on with it but actually I realise I'm not the same as a lot of other people and sometimes it helps just to say look how are you getting on how are you feeling what kind of you know you, by the way you're doing a really good job here well done and mm-hmm. doing that doing that in, in a regular way, rather than just saying it once, maybe every six months, when you suddenly got a spare two seconds and you go, "Oh yeah, just by the way, that was that was really good." That stuff's really important, I think, for for people to hear, um, and and it's important for development, and it's important also to give feedback, both good and bad, you know, mm-hmm. um, rather than getting pressure. So there you go, that's 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 my lot there.
1: It's interesting. It's that it's that balance, isn't it, between. Well, you, you hit the nail on the head, maybe in the earlier days, taking a bit more of a risk on people that were a little bit more uh, well-rounded, maybe, more senior, who maybe would have challenged a little bit more. Um, uh, but hindsight, hindsight is a wonderful thing. But uh, And I've certainly been in that position where you know you, you think that person may have uh, taken us off on a different angle, which we don't know would have been right or wrong, but it would have been an interesting and probably a more well-balanced approach than where we eventually ended up which is you know in the agency terms which is why i was like okay i'm done i need to get out and i need yeah
2: to, yeah i, I think also dave say. there's very few good people reality there's just very very <laughs> really, yeah. really 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 yeah. really good people are are like are in short supply like really good i'm talking like top top of the game um and you know i've said i've said to you for um you know one of my you know one of the great um uh, benefits of Working or, or having that kind of relationship uh, in the early days with IA Digital was that um, I actually always felt that the team within the organisation, yourself, Ian, Luke, um, that core team back then, you know, I, I thought you guys—I I felt if I was going to give credit, actually, you guys as a team were, were really, really good back then. As, you know, just a really good collection of people. Yeah, like, we like that core, that, team, that yeah. core four or five people, you know.
1: Yeah, we were lucky, and and it's interesting that, that one of my other regrets is that when we're, I was at a software house called Immediacy, which is when I first met all those guys. I, again, I, I kind of said, "Okay, I'm 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 done here. It's not for me. I'm I'm done." A bit like you did with Clockworks, so I don't agree with the way things are going. Um,
0: yeah, put us up, up, right.
1: Yeah, yeah. I should I should have taken the guys with me. Really, I should have. Anyway, that's that's the past. So I'm interested in your thoughts over the future, and sure. and, <clears> and 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 how you see. Agencies particularly changing. I hear this. I've got to be honest. I hear these slightly lazy um, uh, comments and assumptions that it's all cyclic. And yeah, yeah, sure, it is cyclic in terms of agencies becoming full service agencies, specialising and um, focusing on a particular vertical, etc. Um, etc. Et and, and yeah, we've talked about this, and, and I know a lot of people who listen to this have, have, have had conversations with them about it, but. But with the advent of tech, with the advent of um, the change in space in digital, where do you see? Where do you see agencies needing to develop over the next, I, uh, you know, uh, two, three, four, four years? And, and yeah, there are certain tech influences, but there seems to be a propensity at the moment, as an example, for businesses to bring people in house, um, and build their own house. how how do you see the, how do you see the market and the space changing?
2: Oh wow! What a question that is! I mean if I could si- if i if I could see into the future um mm. and predict it i mean I, I greatest world in the world, I wouldn't be speaking to you. I would be sitting on a massive luxury yacht um drinking champagne and um you know going, "Wow, got it, done it, brilliant and I'd have a lot of money in the bank. Um, but you
1: know, but you know what I do think. I, I, yeah, I get your point. But I do think we can look into the future. Because I think we
2: can start. I, I think we, we forget a little bit.
1: We forget about we forget about what's at the centre of all this change, and it is it is human beings. And, human and beings. There are, yeah. there, are, there are there are things we, can, we, we instinctively know. But again, yeah, I mean, I, 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 get I, get your, I get your point. I mean, no, that, yeah, no, yeah.
2: I think in all seriousness. Like, I mean, I said that flippantly, but in in all seriousness, um, where do I see it? I think i'm I'm a big believer that um, technology and the digitization of of things is going to continue to grow exponentially clearly we're only at the very very start i think um, of the impact that it's going to have um, that uncertainty um, is is an opportunity in some regards for people to who can think um, uh, more laterally i mean i think you know if you speak to most people they would say that embracing <clears throat> some of the re- most recent technologies and using that to improve the communication with customers is definitely going to be a space where agencies can play a part mm. what that looks like i really don't know um whether that is agencies become i mean i do see agencies uh, w- my kind of view i guess would be that traditional, if I can call them that terms, traditional marketing and creative and digital agencies mm. becoming the blurring of the lines between them and what I would call technology agencies.
1: Okay. So,
2: so agencies which are provide t- technological solutions for clients. So typical mm. business technology uh, uh, companies, of which there are a number, mm. That the, the blurring of the lines between what they do and what agencies do and the needs that the that, that clients have blurring. So, uh, for example, um, there are uh, um, clients who are looking for a to, to deliver solutions for their customers or engage with prospect customers that requires technology to deliver that. Um, a very simple one would be and I've seen this countless times, client comes in and says, brilliant, want you to help us to market ourselves? And we go, that's great. Um, So we start off with database, for example, of prospects, and then they go, could you advise us on a customer relationship management tool? And then you go, well, there's a whole bunch of those out there from Salesforce to HubSpot to Capsule to you name it, yeah? yeah." Yeah. Yeah. Ton of those. Um, And then they go, and also we need help to kind of integrate that with our systems. Internally, then you go, okay, cool. Well, this isn't actually part of what we would necessarily do as a tradition, you know, in traditionally from a marketing perspective or even from a digital perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, and then they start, Oh, actually we're quite interested about having a live chat function on our site and you go, okay, cool. Well, we can help suddenly, you know, the, but this starts integrating with their internal processes. So it's not Mm -hmm. just about an agency per se helping to market a company, but also getting involved and brought into their. They're technological solutions as well. So I I see it threefold, really. I see it that I think there's a blurring of the lines between agencies, in my opinion, I think there'll be a blurring of the lines I think there's an opportunity for agencies to become more technologically focused, whether that's through partnerships, mergers, acquisitions, or whatever that might be, but I can see a blurring of the lines there. I also think that clients more and more are looking for, you know, there's so many entrepreneurial advisory groups now. Yeah. And I think the reason for that is because people recognize that um, there's always been well, I say always, there's been business strategists that have been around for a number of years and different guys and they'll go in and clients go like, I need to take the business. I want to grow it. I want to yeah. grow it. I want to double the size of the company, whatever it might be. And we get this a lot of the time yeah. with our clients. After all, why would you do marketing if, um, if you didn't need more customers? Right? So, um, so the clients come in and they'll go, I'm looking to do this. Now this, this blurs the lines between marketing strategy and business strategy. And I think the two yeah. are distinctly different. But what we're seeing more and more, I think, is this requirement for clients to, uh, they're looking to transform their business or, or evolve it or grow it. And that is a strategic decision, which actually I need business advice on. So I can see more and more that the business advisory element and the marketing, uh, creative and digital industries requiring some sort of crystallization there. I also think that there's a requirement for um, data and the importance of data to be measurable and defensible, and the, and I think that's something else that's going to cause um, agencies that the, the ones that can really understand and pick data become more and more and more important. Yeah, that's um, interesting. So that's 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 my kind of that's my kind of view on it. So I, I think you know technologically, the the requirement to be able to bridge the gap between the the feely stuff. And the technical mm. delivery stuff, I think it's going to become more and more important. The strategy, you know, the business strategy, and then also the kind of data. Um, that that would be my view.
1: I like I like the phrase data to be defensible. That's a good. I like that, Dan. That's good. I might use that in the future. Um, the um, it's interesting you talk about this. Um, agencies moving into this kind of consultancy space, and and. Um, you talk, You mentioned earlier before we turned the recording button on around you, you see this happening with uh, uh, businesses in other markets accountancy firms and, um, mm. and, and and do you think and I suppose that's magnified isn't it if you look at Accenture and uh, EY and those kind of management consultancies and McKinsey's going into the market and buying um, creative creative agencies right and, yeah. and they've done that and IBM doing the same um, on, a, on, a, on a smaller level do you ever see the the, the kind of uh, situation where you might get a creative agency albeit of, of any size looking to looking to really take the plunge and rather than uh, as you were saying a, a kind of picking up a uh, being asked questions, oh, what, what can we do with this? What can we do with that? And responding to that, even though it's not in their do you see a time coming where creative agencies might go, okay, we're gonna pull in a service that focuses on business strategy. And we yeah, are gonna to start to. Uh, yeah, yeah, fundamentally, yeah. yeah,
2: I do. I mean, yeah. I, think, I think twofold. I think where agencies, uh, depends on the type of agency, but if I take mm. us, because I can't mm. comment on others, <laughs> if I take us, um, we're really good at taking something that's really complicated, i.e. a client wants to say a thousand words and put it in, cram it into an advert, mm. which you've got to engage with someone in a millisecond and make them stop and engage with it or a website where you've got what the average attention span of eight seconds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These things are, these things are agency challenges where we go, okay, as, as a creative agency and a, and someone who can look at complicated things and boil them down to their simplest parts, That's traditionally what agencies have always done, right? This is going back over, you know, the last 80 years, agencies have taken complicated and made it simple.
0: Mm.
2: Now, if you look at technology, I hate the expression, user experience, but let's just Mm. use that expression, user experience. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: You know, when did a customer suddenly become a user? Um, If we take user experience-
1: Well, when did a human become a customer?
2: Well, exactly right. When did a human become a customer, but you know, you don't you don't go into a shop and hear people talking about user, you know, the user experience of the shop, do you? Mm-hmm. Um, but but anyway, principally engaging with customers, engaging with humans, okay, and making making those customers um, feel at ease and making it simple and easy for somebody. I think that's where technological companies would benefit from more and more creative input, yeah, you know, lateral yeah. thinking. Because I think where agencies have got a tradition is thinking laterally about how to solve a problem, coming up mm-hmm. with novel ideas to, to, to do that. Whereas I think technological companies, typically in the past, have, have very binary. Yeah, it's point A to B, how do I make point A talk to point B? So I, I see there's a, there's a requirement for both types of those skills. And so I can see that over time, for us, for example, um, we get sucked into doing some pretty major developments. Um, you know, we did the Capitan platform, worked on, worked on that, um, from, from concept through to, to, to delivery. And that is a global platform talking to sophisticated investors and, and deal sponsors, um, Mm -hmm. you know, handling, you know, I think they've got 20 billion pounds worth of potential investment that's running on the platform today. Now, Traditional agencies to deliver that require a lot of technical Mm know-how. And so I think clients, you know, but, but there's this bridge between the technology and, you know, a technology company might deliver it and make it work, but would it engage in customers in the right way to actually get them to understand how the system works, to be user-friendly, to make it easy to use. So these things I think are where I do see, And, and from a business advisory point of view, business advisors haven't got a bloody clue about marketing. I mean, everybody's got a view about that marketing, <laughs> yeah. but actually, you know, there's, you can have a view on it, but but people that have done it, that have been there that have got the scars. Um, yeah. I think there's a, there's a huge opportunity there. And equally, you know, when we we're client says, I'm thinking about doing this and you go, actually, I think you need to change your business model. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. an interesting conversation. And it's not one yeah. I've got any business experience really to be able to say to a client who might be, selling widgets about well actually i think you need to change your model entirely um
1: it's it's really interesting i'm in a very similar situation with a client a, a client's client at the moment they've asked for they've asked for some strategy work um on a couple of channels and a couple of components and fundamentally i believe that their positioning and i'm not a marketeer a bit like you were just saying you know i'm i'm, I'm, I'm not a marketer but i i, I think they're their business, their business model, and the way they position it is wrong. So, if that's wrong, then you're kind of just plastering over the cracks, really.
2: Um, yeah, we, it, had it what, recently, it... we had it recently. We had it recently with um, so another agency approached us and said, "We got this client, mm. and they wanna they want to do a load of SEO. They want to do want to get a load of leads, and um, they wanna um, they want to um, market themselves out there." Um, we're, we're involved with them for doing a part of this. I'm not going to go into the detail of it, but I said, no, no, no. Sure. I don't understand what their proposition is. I said, it's really confusing. You can't tell me, they can't tell me, unless you want to nail that bit right first, then I, there's no way we're going to deliver what they want. Cause they want, def- they want defensible I'm Talking about defensible. They want defensible delivery of, of, um, you know, of customers. Yeah. And I go, I can't, can't do it. I'm really sorry i'd love to i'd love to be able to help and I, but unless you get this bit right it's just it's, it's yeah. going to fail it's really going to fail um and and, yeah. and so i think but but that might have been changing the business model and i think mm-hmm. that's that's um, um that's something that i'm not necessarily positioned to be able to i can i can i can give some advice but mm-hmm. i'm not the person to do that because i think you need experienced people that have been there who can take them on that journey um yeah. and advise them properly and and that's 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 you know i think you need have a, a, a much broader and bigger experience than, than than i can deliver that's a great point
1: um I'm, I'm looking at the clock we've been going for 40 minutes wow that's a
2: that's a long time isn't it might be um, cut might, might make some tactical edits no, um,
1: no no we're gonna let it no it's good i'm gonna i'm gonna let it roll and 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 uh, leave it as it is but i think um We'll have to do another one because there's so much more we could talk about um, especially around this kind of blurring I'm, I'm i really like that blurring of different skill sets and actually much more than being an enter you know in the old days an, a kind of uh end-to-end service delivery agency you know um, it, it's becoming much more nuanced than that and there are much bigger challenges i think now um so i think it'd be great to talk a little bit more about that but but just to just to wrap up because i know you know time is short for you as well from, from from your going back to your creative roots, what what have you seen? Do you think out there in the market that you've, uh, or or in life in general that you've felt, oh okay, that's a really really good well considered thought out, piece of work, proposition, message. Uh, business that you've gone okay with your experience in the space your experience in the market it could be in any it could be in any market by the way but you've looked at a brand or a business and gone yeah they seem to be you they've impressed you as opposed to made made you go oh, okay i'm not sure about that that just looks like a cheap a cheap, a cheap shot is there anything you say the
2: best best example I, I would use and we do this when we do our workshops is um, um because we work with health insurance, is vitality you know wow we're, um, we're going to embrace technology mm. to um to reward customers so that the fitter they get, the less they pay. And that's taking a model, that's taking a market, turning it entirely on its head, which is sold on, you know, kind of incremental increases because they have to, because of rates, et cetera. um, uh, That is based on when something goes wrong, here's an insurance that's there for you to give you, I guess, cover and protection in that eventuality, okay? Vitality have gone. We're actually like a club. Yeah. Um, we're a membership, right? And actually, the fitter you get, you wear a you wear a fitness tracker, and we're we you know record this information. We're going to turn it on its head. And I think those examples there, where might be that, or we've talked about this, Dave, because you you did a talk at our, uh, one of our events last year, in Lemonade in the US. Yeah. I think there's there's companies where they're taking technology and creating value proposition for customers where we're making it better for you um and it's distinguishable as well um i think those are the ones that i think will will ultimately in the long term will win out um and um mm, those like are the that. ones that have really impressed me i think i'm really interested about the tech space right now i think what what amazon are doing and again something you and i have talked about i mean a bookstore which turns mm. into a retailer which turns into a um a home voice assistant that talks into that becomes a um you know a movie distributor a tv program distributor and a music distributor wow i mean yeah wow right i mean talking about you know blurring of the lines when did apple become a broadcaster Hmm. well that do you know
1: what i think you've touched on my um our subject for our next chat, Dan. I think um, one one could argue that 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 the Big Four, well, certainly two of the Big Four, have always been data data driven, Facebook and Google, and and Amazon are now becoming a data driven business. Clearly, you know, with with like you said, the Alexa, the content, um, and even with AWS, which is which I think accounts for the majority of their profit. Um, is is in hosting other people's sites um, yeah. and providing that tech, and Apple of course with the content and also with you know the uh, the irony of Apple now um, really pushing the privacy angle recently is interesting as well. But that, but that's but that's for another day. But I like what you said there that, that taking tech and turning it on its head and exploring exploring through tech. Yeah, it's really interesting. And yeah, you have, your...
2: sorry sorry Dave, go on go on mate go on, go on. Well, I was just going to say that who would have thought that you take a industry as old as TV. Mm. and you have Mm. some of the most up-to-date latest technology brands going we're going to do tv Mm. you know that's just fascinating isn't it It just shows you how much um how much potential future they see in content delivery to entertainment content delivery to consumers
1: well it's really interesting wanky wanky publication alert in the economist yes i read that occasionally um they, they've been doing a special piece a few pieces on that on exactly that on that, that content and the entertainment delivery and they used a phrase you used earlier in the earlier in the in in, in the, the the session then where bob ignat the, the chief of disney has said they are betting the farm on disney plus there they you go bet, they are betting the farm on disney plus because now they they they, they, they got I believe, and I, this is just from memory from the article, they they got more data in the first week of Disney Plus going live on their customers than they have got for the last 25 or 30 years just through the content they were watching, the times, the, you know, the exhaust of, of data that they got from people using Disney Plus.
2: And I think that um, goes back to the point I'm making earlier. If agencies can start embracing the the use of data and measurable yeah. data, I think it's you know, you can see where the bigger technology companies are and and stem companies are going. So, yeah, um, brilliant. Yeah. All right. Um, Thank you, so- you,
1: Dave. Thank you, Dan. That's super great. We've done 46 minutes, and that is more than enough of our of your time. Um, so just you mentioned that the best cup of an event we did a while ago, you do quite a few events at fireworks. So if anyone listens to this, you can go to their website. And you can see what's going on there. They've got one tonight. So I hope that goes well tonight, Dan.
2: Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, yes. um, yeah. So uh, look forward to catching up with you again at some point soon, Dave.
1: Yeah. Thanks for your time, Dan. Speak to you soon. No problem at all. Cheers. See you, you mate. Bye. 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 Bye.
0: Okay, hey, so I hope you enjoyed that. Dan is just brilliant. Fantastic. I um, uh, He never fails to... Um, we never fail to have a hopefully have a kind of semi interesting discussion when we talk. And hopefully I can have have Dan on again. So thanks to thank thanks Dan for, 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 for coming on board with that. Um couple of other little little bits and bobs. Um my my Need for Humane Tech uh discussion talk workshop at the Bath Digital Festival seemed to go down surprisingly well. So I'm running it again in the in, in the new year. First off is um in Dorchester's my drive to get to get this part of the world where I live um, gets momentum going in a creative and digital sense. So I'm running um, running it on the 9th of January, Dorset Council have kindly given me some space to, to, to run it from. Um, it's on Eventbrite, check it out on there, um, it'll be on my website and there'll be some stuff on LinkedIn I'm sure. Um, I'm looking to do it, um, I've actually been asked to do it another couple of places in the new year so I'll send some more information out uh, out on that. Um, thanks. Um, for putting up with my nonsense over the last uh, year or so, um, there might be another newsletter coming out before the end of the year. And there might be another podcast coming out um, between early and the year. But but thanks for um, getting engaged and not cancelling the <laughs> newsletter, etc. So I really appreciate it. Um, I do ramble, but I hope I hope there's some some sense comes out of all the nonsense. Um, so if I don't speak to you, I don't see you all. Um, individually or whatever. Have a great Christmas and New Year. Um, Help your families and your loved ones and yourself have a great time and um, hopefully I'll speak to you soon. Okay, take care.